You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The finale of this series, the game I was at on Wednesday afternoon, that's typical of the Mets because they have been so good from the beginning of this season on at bouncing back after losses. And the loss on Tuesday was one of those weird losses. They had a seven-game winning streak. It's tough to bitch. Yes, it was frustrating that Jake ran into the same problems he's run into for five years, which is he's great. The offense can't score runs. The bullpen kind of let the game get out of reach. But like I mentioned, those two guys are both gone. Like those two guys, Yohan Lopez and Nagosik, they were both optioned right after that game. It was obvious. So the bullpen that failed in game two of this series is not the bullpen that's around anymore. But what was great about the Wednesday game, and look, I know the Nationals are terrible. We all know that. We all know that. But you don't throw back wins. You got to beat these teams. You got to crush these teams. And the Mets are 10-3 and against Washington, which you have to be. You, you have to crush these teams. They've done a great job against Miami. They've done a great job against Washington. They'll have a bunch more games against the Phillies and Braves coming up. But the Mets have actually owned the NL East in an incredible way. Uh, Bassett was excellent. He threw strikes, which was a major upgrade over what happened in the game on Friday of last week against Miami. The Mets played excellent defense. Luis Guillerme. How good defensively is Luis Guillerme? He is incredible. If they they actually had offense behind the plate and now they're going to have offense at DH, you could look at Guillerme and say, F it, just play him every day at third base. And I had mentioned uh, about a month ago that I love the idea of Guillerme at second, McNeil at third. Jeff McNeil hasn't played a lot of third base. He's played a really good second base. The reason I was drawn into that, by the way, was Luis Guillerme and Francisco Lindor's a double play combination is intoxicating. And while Guillerme plays a great third base, if I had to pick what his best position is, it's probably second base. But because McNeil has played so well at second and Guillerme is so natural at third, obviously it makes sense to run it that way. But they are so good defensively when Luis is out there. And Chris Bassett, I don't know if you guys caught this in the postgame. This was really high praise. Chris Bassett said, Luis Guillerme is the best defensive infielder in Major League Baseball. And he deserves to win a gold glove. And Chris Bassett's played behind some or played in front of some great defensive players, including Matt Chapman, who used to be his teammate. So that was very, very high praise on Luis. He's great defensively. He's going to face a lot of righties these days. I mean, look, we're seeing it over the last few days with Buck. Eduardo Escobar is no longer getting that benefit of the doubt as the every single day third baseman. He'll get a chance to play. He'll play a little bit. I mean, look, in this Atlanta series, we only know four of the five starters as of right now. Only one's a lefty. So if this is going to be a strict lefty-righty thing for Escobar, he's going to lose a hell of a lot of time. That's for damn sure. But what was great, about this win, there's so many great things about this win. Pete Alonzo, it's another freaking home run. He's got how many now? 30? 
Was that his 30th or his 29th? I think it was his 30th. I think it was 28th. Wasn't his 28th? Oh, you know what? You're right. It was his 28th because he was at 27. I'm yeah. getting ahead of myself, Pete. I'm predicting the weekend, maybe. Hey, 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 well, the listen, you are. And by the way, just just before you get a little further, quick question. Where the yeah. hell did you listen to the post game with Chris Bassett? So that's a great question. So <laughs> as we were driving back, I asked my wife, can you go to my direct TV now uh, DVR my library and put on the Met post game? Because at this point, everybody was sleeping. She was like falling asleep and I couldn't do it while I was driving. So I listened to the Mets post game show from SNY while I was driving. And for anyone who's going to make fun of me, I didn't do this till like 11 o'clock at night. Everybody was gone. I mean, uh, well, what do you want me to do? Think, think, just, just think by myself. For you are a, hours? you are a sick, sick individual. I would have put up, uh, you know, one of my favorite albums on, like you got a two hour drive, hour and a half drive, put some well, sort of music on. Craig, I'm about to call you Craig. Pete, I listen to all sorts of crap. First, I listen to stuff from my kid. Then my <laughs> wife wanted to listen to some of her music. Then I put some of my music on, which is country. Then I put the fan on and checked on Keith McPherson, see what he was up to. And then eventually, I worked my way to the Mets postgame show. That's how I got there. But I bet that was the first thing on your mind was that that's what you want to listen to most and you had to save it for the proper time. I think that's Yes. Oh, yeah. That was clearly number one on my list. That was up there. I love that. Pete hits the home run. And what we talked about this the other day, and I think one of the biggest criticisms offensively of the Mets' actions at the deadline, yes, they've gotten better, but do they really protect Pete Alonso? Are they really giving him the right protection? And so we got to see in the fifth inning of this game, Davey Martinez say, I ain't letting Pete Alonso beat me second and third one out after Lindor popped up. I'm not doing it. And rightfully so. So he walks Pete Alonso. Now, a team that actually was built correctly would have pulled Anibal Sanchez for a lefty reliever and not Jordan Weems, which I fully understand. But the Nationals said, hey, we got no lefty, whatever. Let's go to Jordan Weems. And to Vogelbach's credit, he gives you that quality at bat, hit one deep and foul, and then pounds the grand slam. So Vogelbach, who's there to protect Alonzo against the righty for the most part, I mean, some days it'll be McNeil, but Vogelbach's the slugger. He gave you that first FU. That first, oh, okay, you don't want to face Pete Alonzo? Well, get a load of this, because I just parked a grand slam against your ass. So that was cool to see. I enjoyed that. That was fun. No, it, it was worth it, dude. Listen, I, I, and that's the one thing. And I said that in our trade, in our original trade um, preview, trade deadline preview. I said Vogelback is that type of dude. He's had the thirty home run season. He's had that experience. It, it, it's possible that he could really fit this lineup. And so far, offensively, he's been pretty good. Dude, it's about sometimes it's about putting guys in the position to succeed. Sometimes it's as simple as that. And I think there are enough numbers about Vogelbach and about Ruff that you just have to put them in a position to succeed. What's going to be challenging for Buck, like I mentioned earlier, and I think the Braves are a great example of it, is when you face a more balanced team, how often you can put these guys in a position to succeed. But it was good to see Vogelbach hit that grand slam. And he, he, he does give them legitimate pop because Francisco Lindor hits home runs. I mean, Francisco Lindor has 19 home runs. So to say he doesn't hit home runs isn't fair. 
Starling Marte can hit home runs. But outside of Pete Alonso, they don't have a slugger. They have guys who can hit some home runs, but they don't have a slugger. The Mets have hit 106 home runs this year. I don't know. It's not at half has been hit by Pete Alonso, but a little less than a third have been hit by Pete Alonso. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Vogelbach, while not a full every, every, everyday player, is a slugger. I mean, just look at him. He's a freaking slugger. But he's got pop. And so it's good to have another bat in this lineup that gives you the pop. But Bassett bouncing back was another thing that was very nice to see off that Miami game. He pitched a hell of a game. We did get to see Trevor May. So I'm at the game. I'm not, you know, looking at the gun the way maybe we normally would if you're watching on TV. I guess his velocity was down, and he was asked in the post game about his velocity being down, and he said, I was throwing change-ups. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know, man. It's his first performance back. I'm not going to judge Trevor May too much, good or bad, even though similar to the way I'm giving Michael Givens a pass too. As bad as he was in his debut, not that you want to see that, and he certainly gave me visions of Billy Taylor from 1999, and there are plenty of crappy relievers you can come up with that the Mets traded for at the deadline that turned out to suck. Uh, let's see more from Trevor May. I think there'll be a couple of more low-leverage situations, I'd assume, before, before Buck throws him into the mix. But here's what it comes down to with this Met team. Because their bullpen is a, it's a finished product. Now, there's no more waiver deadline. There's no more, hey, maybe they can add a guy. The Mets have added a lot of waiver guide relievers over the years. Addison Reed was a waiver guy, I think. Tyler Clippard was a waiver guy, I think. Guillermo Moto was a waiver guy, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of, a lot of relievers have been added through the waiver wire trades. That's not going to happen. But the key, as much as we hate hearing it, but it is the reality, is... What is Trevor May? Because Trevor May for the Minnesota Twins for the last three years before the Mets signed him was a quality reliever. Wasn't a dominant reliever, but was a quality reliever. Can he be that quality reliever? And here's the ultimate question. And there's no way to answer this, by the way. I'm just giving you some thoughts. You remember a couple years ago when the Washington Nationals won the World Series? And I'm not bringing up them using starters out of the bullpen. We all know that, and I'm sure we'll get more into that as the Mets become like a real postseason team, a team that's going to make the playoffs, and we'll analyze which starter can help you out of the bullpen and using guys on their throw days and all that. But that's not what I was getting to. What I was getting to was Daniel Hudson. Daniel Hudson is a quality reliever, always has been. Well, first he was a starter who got hurt, but has been a quality reliever for a few years. He was pitching out of his mind in that postseason run, if memory serves correct. Keith Folk for the Boston Red Sox in 2004, granted he was the closer, but pitched out of his mind for the Red Sox during that run. The Mets are going to need, if they're going to win a World Series, somebody. And could it be Adam Adovino, who's been pitching out of his mind for two months? I guess it could. Could it be Seth Lugo, who has shown us at times, not this year for the most part, but has shown us at times he could be a really good reliever? I don't know. Could it be Trevor May? 
They're going to need someone not named Edwin Diaz because he's the closer. We get it. They're going to ask him to get five, six outs basically every single night. But can there be somebody in this bullpen? Michael Givens, sure, why not? Joely Rodriguez, no shot. Drew Smith, if he ever comes back, okay. Can there be one guy that pitches his ass off? Because what's crazy about the Mets, and maybe this is me trying to calm myself down about the disappointment of the lack of bullpen arms they added at the deadline, is this is a team that could be like the 05 White Sox. The 05 White Sox had their starting pitchers go basically eight freaking innings every game in the postseason. Ozzie Guillen rode Jose Contreras and Mark Burley and anyone else in that rotation and said, just pitch till your arm falls off. And when you've got Max Scherzer and you've got Jacob deGrom and you even have Chris Bassett and you've got a closer. So you got guys who can start who you trust and you got a guy in the back end who needs to be great. Look, Edwin Diaz has to be great. I know we've got whiplash from all these closers sucking in the postseason, but, and I'm not predicting Edwin Diaz is going to be locked down. I'm just telling you, he needs to be great. If you can get one guy to get two to five outs on a nightly basis during the postseason, that may be enough. Because look, if the Mets are going to win anything, they're going to need their starting pitchers to be great. And when you look at how they've gotten to where they are right now, which is 66 and 38, which is crazy. First place in this National League East going into this Atlanta series. They've done it because their starting pitching has gone deep into games. And that includes Max missing a few months, and that includes Jake not even pitching. If you can look at their, forget stats, forget the ERA, innings pitched by their starting pitchers. I think they're fourth in Major League Baseball or fifth, and it's a little misleading because they've played fewer games. So you put them on an even playing field with these other teams. They're getting as much innings from their starting pitching as anybody. And more so than anybody, that has to continue. And that's got to be their formula in the postseason. So while this is not a bullpen I fully trust, there are not a lot of guys in this bullpen that I love outside of Diaz, obviously. And, and that's not a knock on Adovino. I just, I'm skeptical he can keep this up. The formula is going to be these starting pitchers got to go real deep into games. And luckily, Hoff, we've watched it all year. Look at the last two weeks of starting pitching. They're all pitching into the seventh inning every single night. And Buck's going to need that come October. Well, listen, it was important today for Bassett. I mean, even again, even though it was the Nationals, it's still good to see them go deep. Um, and you really wish that they can go even further. I mean, honestly, like I look at Alcantara. He pitched another complete game today. What is it, the fourth one the season? I mean, at some point in time, it's nice to see if a, if a pitcher is that good and, and can can have the longevity to save the bullpen so you don't have to go to Diaz every day or or, or even or go to a hopefully an Adovino. You know, I, I wish you can go well, deeper. But, but, but you know what the difference, though, is, Pete? Has there been a lot of games this season where it's Buck not pushing them or it's, hey, this guy's done? Like, look at Max Scherzer against the Yankees last week, and he pitched great. But wouldn't you admit he was done after seven innings that – yeah, you could push him for the eighth inning. Sure, you could. I got the impression he was done. Like, that was it. You got what you could out of him, and now you move on, as opposed to Alcantara, who has been economical at times with his pitches and has also looked as if he could go another inning. Sometimes it's not as simple as, hey, just push him. It's, 
did you just get the most out of that guy? No, that's true. And, and listen, we're going to be focusing on Tywin Walker again because, you know, this is now going to be his potential second longest season back-to-back. Last year, it fell fell flat. It fell flat in his face. So we have to see how he could be. He could push himself. Is he going to be able to go deep in the games? Are they going to have to start cutting him off after five or six innings if it looks like he's, he's petering out a little bit? So, I mean, I, I, I get that, but I... I guess I, with the lack of bullpen help in the trade deadline, it's like, oh, do you add more pressure to try to get more length out of your starters? 